Welcome to your Retro Wrestling Power Hour. From gorgeous George to the present day, it's David the Smart Mark, stunning Sean, looking back on the golden era of professional wrestling. This is Radio Free Pro Wrestling Retrospective. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Super Size edition of RPW Retrospective because we tried to record on Saturday and we had some issues and stuff. Lovely David the Smart Mark was away at a wedding and I tried to be a wedding crasher via the telephone and it did not work. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I put it down to the uh, Jägermeister, to be fair, Sean. I think my phone had been on Jägermeister shots and uh, it has not gone down very well. So, to start this episode out, we're going back and we're going to do the Sunny Six Questions. Yay! It's time for the Stunning Six Question. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense of it. Okay, David, so this past Friday night, somebody debuted on AEW Rampage, and apparently it was a big deal. A guy named CM Punk. Oh, mate, listen. I cannot say this strongly enough. It was a moment that made me understand, re-understand, redo why I am a wrestling fan, why I love professional wrestling. Seven years in the making. You say what you like about it, but it was perfect. For me, it was absolutely perfect. David, it was almost perfect because I did enjoy the segment, but it got to a point where I went, this is running a bit long, and they were ambitious with what they want to do inside an hour. Because we had three matches behind CM Punk's debut. I'm going to like, they could have got rid of one and made this just a bit better. I, mate, the thing is, right, it's, it's just a six and two threes job for me. The promo was perfect. He could have talked for an hour. Obviously, he went over. He went about 22 or 25 minutes, which left them scrabbling for the rest of the show. But that shows where they're naive still in the, the TV recording the wrestling business. Because it left the rest of the show style and i'll come on to that in good the bad and the ugly but i don't care it was perfect it, it just it was just perfect everything from the the pop and obviously we're going to compare pops today because of what we're doing retrospectives we do, don't just throw this show together you know you know the excess chanting why wouldn't he wait out he's, he's possibly waited you know his issues weren't with any of the guys at AEW. they weren't you know he seems to be happy he seems to be content He was full on face here, full on face, and it was just perfect. It was the reason that I part with, oh, well, you know it's fake, you know they know how to fall, you know it's predetermined. It's the reason I part with all those comments for moments like that, and the crying CM Punk fan, son, I love you, absolutely love you, because if I'd have been in that Chicago All-State, the Chicago All-State, I'd have been crying. I'm surprised Jake Allenar wasn't crying, because he was there, although he probably hasn't got a heart to cry. So, stunning question number two. So, with the addition of CM Punk and possibly Daniel Bryan coming up here later this month, do you think AEW is ready to take over the number one spot in professional wrestling? Um, it's a difficult one. That's a very good question. Bear in mind, you could almost add Adam Cole, Wyndham Rotunda to that day to that list as well, who are likely to appear, and obviously a certain Mr. Danielson. Are they ready? I would like them to have another six to eight months. But I think that they're going to do it at some point. I genuinely now believe that they are going to take over as the number one wrestling company in the world very shortly. So 
you know, they've got to do it at some point. Why not now? Exactly, David. I feel like they're on an upward trajectory here. And the WWE just seems to be like, hey, we're the WWE. We can rest on the fact that we're a publicly owned company and that money's coming in month after month. And they don't want to do anything different. Right. My, my example of this, Sean, would be, right? I, obviously, we watched SummerSlam. We'll probably go and review that in the coming weekend, next, next weekend show, right? So SummerSlam was all right. Had two shocks, one of which I hated, one of which I liked. But it had two surprise returns, both of which will benefit the company, whether I personally like it or not. So SummerSlam wasn't, was, was a good show. Got crowd reactions, got certain things. Then what did they follow it up with? One of the worst Monday Night Raws I've ever seen. But I'm going to stay off that for next weekend or for this coming weekend. I, the WWE never ceased to let me down. David, I want to say about you thinking SummerSlam was good is I think you're still getting a little buzz off that gin you had this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I did have one or two, mate, to be fair. Okay, so stunning question number three. How well do you think NWA is going to do this weekend with back-at-back shows in St. Louis? I remember this question when you asked me it the first time. Um, <laughs> I really was puddled. Um, anyway, that's another... Yeah, I, I think the, the main thing is, I think the shows will be good. The talent's there. The cards are good, but I think they've made a mistake. I think they've overpriced it. I'm going to look now because I couldn't look before when we were speaking. Um, the price over here in the UK is, is, is quite high. And I think if they got, I know, I know. You, overall, it probably is value for money, but I think it's expensive. It's certainly a lot more expensive than any of their previous shows. And with what's going around at the moment, you know, people are going to be very frugal with their their um, with their money. You know, in what they buy and what they don't buy. Yes, it's thirty thirty odd pound for the two shows. I'm which is what nearly fifty bucks. For the NWA, you know, when all said and done, would you sooner watch that or rule out if you had a choice? That's my point. Exactly. I mean, it's coming back to back weekends, and I mean, that's a hundred dollars right there if you do both. And I'm been yeah. sitting here for the last week trying to figure out: can I afford to watch the do the bundle yeah. and watch both episodes, or do I need to save some money and make sure I watch all out with you? So now, here's one for you. Just on that note, then. With what we just said, all out individually is cheaper than Empower here in the UK. That is insane. Honestly, I've just checked now because I've looked at the figures. And um, because obviously, when we when we tried to record Saturday, I wasn't there. All out here in the UK on Fight TV is fourteen pounds, which is less than twenty dollars, give or take. You know, please, yeah. North American listeners, excuse my maths. Okay, David. So we're going to slide over to our next stunning question. And we'll do a little Churchill Cup update right here because the question was, <laughs> what were your thoughts about Reign of Honor, Glory by Honor? I'll tell you right now, I enjoyed the first night. The second night, I could care less because I scored no points. Right, okay, so you you, you dislike of night two. Well, it didn't matter really because I'm on the Churchill Cup this month. I've almost gone, nah, leave it. I can't be asked with it this this month. Let's show, and and my I my I couldn't I couldn't have picked an egg out of an egg box. There's no two ways about it. Um, 
you know, you, the Churchill Cup, ladies and gentlemen, is all over for this month. The stunning one is going to retain. And I might still speak to him if he's magnanimous in victory, which is slim chance of that. Um, I love Ring of Honor. I love Ring of Honor. I've now, since we've last spoken, I've got to see most of it. Match of the year, Danhausen versus Dalton Castle. There's not two ways about it. There's nothing will come close. Every other wrestler needs to go home, even including my friend Mr. Brooks, because Danhausen versus Dalton Castle. I want to see Danhausen and Dalton Castle in the tag team, Sean. Make it so. No, David. I want to see Danhausen <coughs> and PCO. Come on. Stay with the program here. No, no, no. I'm, I'm obviously aware of it. But no, I think that Danhausen and Dalton Castle would be a better option. I really, really do. Well, okay, fine, but I was kind of enjoying Dalton Castle and um, Jack Draper as being a tag team because I thought that was a kind of interesting pairing. Yep, can't argue with that, but hey, we're going off tangent, but, you know, I like it. Glory by on the watch, ladies and gentlemen, every single one of you. Get that pay-per-view, watch. Yes, go out your way to watch the show, but for heaven bids, don't try to bet on it. No, <laughs> that's my line as well. We know, and this time I, I hope got Ring of Honor hopelessly wrong. Okay, studying question number five. Back last week on AEW Dynamite, I watched the show, and I kind of come to the conclusion that a lot of the matches are formatted because you have a good match, and at the end, there's always somebody running out, setting someone else up. So David, yeah, too, too, too many shenanigans, too many afterbirths, too many what have you. It's just, yeah, not good. But that's the start. That's what they've got to learn. That's why they've got to look at what they do right and try and work with it. Now, hopefully, the additions of some punks, some Danielsons, some other more experienced wrestlers that are going to turn around and actually say, no, I'm not going to do that because it's not very good, will help. And I, I you're absolutely bang on. And it, 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 it's a shame because it is the best... Overall, it's the best wrestling program on TV. Now, obviously, I'm excited for Dynamite tonight as we record because, you know, Punk's going to be on it. And I, as I say, make no mistake that, I, you know, I hate, I love CM Punk. And whatever he does, I'm going to love CM Punk. Um, I, I had my wife on Christmas search round and pay a fortune for an FI, FIP early Punk video. That's how much of a fan I am, you know. Um, so I'm excited for Dynamite. But they've just got to be careful with the way they do their booking. Exactly true. I feel like they are on a hot streak, and I want them to, to mm. continue. And mm. speaking of exciting TV wrestling programs, there used to be one called NXT, and they had a TakeOver this past <laughs> weekend. And, David, what were your thoughts about TakeOver? Well, I, I discussed this heavily yesterday on the uh, Rock and Roll Wrestling Show. Their previous episode to TakeOver only drew just under 700,000 viewers with no opposition. So, obviously, the viewers are talking. TakeOver was hugely disappointing, with the exception of one match and one appearance. Um, and they've given up on it. You look back to the legacy that TakeOver has and to what it is now, and I genuinely don't think that the revamp, whatever you want to call it, however they do it, whoever they bring in, I don't think it's going to work. I, I really, really don't. And I think the overall, and you can mark my words here, in the next 12 to 18 months, one company is going to benefit from that, and that's Ring of Honor. Exactly, because there's going to be room for another hour of TV that people want to watch instead of NXT if they go down this road and it's not like a hybrid of what it was and what they want it to be. If it goes strictly to being back to, say, circuit 2012 NXT, they might have an issue. 
the, the thing is as well, Sean, they're ditching these guys left, right and centre. You know, if Jesus, if they'll ditch, if they'll ditch a Braun Strowman, if they'll ditch, a, you know, a Bray Wyatt, you know, some of the guys in NXT have got no hope. And this is where Ring of Honor comes in, because at least it gives them paid employment and gives them chance to be better than they're being projected in NXT and WWE. Exactly, David. And on that note, we're going to slide over to the good and the bad in the last week of Professor Wrestling. And now it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly in the week that was professional wrestling. Hey, David. So my good this week, or actually this past week, was Sting's match versus 2.0 from AEW Dynamite yeah. because it was the first time in like 20 years he was on TNT. And of course, the little singer that is Stunning Sean was all excited for it. Uh, yeah, and you know what? It was all, that was all right. I, uh, yeah, I, I've got no, 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 no issues with it. But my good of the week, you know what's coming. It was the CM Punk segment on, on um, Rampage, and it could not be anything else because it was faultless. It, well, I'm sorry, in my opinion, I know you disagree with length, but you've got a point. He did go badly over, but it was still faultless. Um, the ice cream bars line. The I, I left professional wrestling when I left Ring of Honor in 2005. Just genius. I love that line. Um, I was looking back on his career, ironically, in the lead-up to this show. And you, you, you can count... There's two things that stand out about this man to me. Sorry, you're you you you're, you're not waving your head because I I get on about this man and I'll, I'll be gone forever. There's the the dog collar matches with Raven in TNA and Ring of Honor where Raven saw something in him, something of himself in him, and brought him on. And also, obviously, the trilogy with Samoa Joe, which is infamous, infamous for a good reason in Ring of Honor, and really got them to the forefront of indie wrestling. I love the bloke. He can do no wrong. It was easily best bit of the wrestling week for me, and I hope to have many, many more. Okay, David. So, my bad this past week was the Friday before Saturday SummerSlam's SmackDown the, you can also say the whole show, but most especially, was another John Cena, Roman Reigns talking segment. And I thought, we don't need this. And it came to truth. We didn't really need it when it came to the match this past Sunday. Yeah, now I'm going to stick to what I said, mate, even though I've had a chance to reevaluate that. I remember this. Um, you absolutely bang on. Um, my bad of the week was the rest of Rampage after Punk had gone because AEW handled it badly. Now you you said in your you said in your opener that it went on too long. It did. You're not wrong in that respect, but AEW handled it badly and they made it obvious it had gone on too long. If that makes sense, and it just shows that they still have a lot to learn if they are, as you put in the Stunning Six Questions, to take over as the biggest wrestling company in the world. David, it was like I said yesterday on your Rocket Wrestling show, it's like after you saw his promo, it's like you hit the fast forward button yeah. and it got stuck and they were running on like 32 times fast forward. And they were just trying to cram everything yeah. in. Yeah, you, yeah, you were bang on. And I think you made the point, if I remember correctly, about the um, Luchasaurus Jungle Boy tag match not being necessary. And you were absolutely bang on with that. They could have just had one, well, the main event, which was uh, John Poxley, you know, and one of the, the Ever, well, it wasn't one of the Everage boys. It was one of the Everage boys who's been paired with them. Yeah, you, 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 you're right there. There's a lot of analogies that we could make. Um, my ugly this week was the Dakota, the continuation of um, the Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, Pish, in joint first place with the continuation of the Cameron Grimes, Ted DiBiase, um, 
rubbish as well. All of it was ugly. You know, the fact that they threatened to put a, a, a Hall of Famer like the Million Dollar Man into being a butler telegraphed the finish. And ironically, when we first recorded, we didn't know the finish, but we were right. Um, those two joined with NXT. NXT could easily get ugly this week um, because it was. And the takeover was so disappointing. Well, you know, I'm going to pile on to this NXT hate right now because my ugly from this past <laughs> week was, oh, hey, it was the proposal of Index after one freaking date. So, yes, I'm ready for this thing to head to the, the worst court. <laughs> yeah, the the whole program can. It's annoying because we had a both you and I had a moment of um, happiness over the weekend, which really we should say for the the weekend coming up show when a certain uh, forever champion of ours appeared, but it still didn't save the programs from being utterly unwatchable. Exactly, David. We're going to save that for this coming up weekend's Ray Free Professional Wrestling because. There was one saving grace to NSC TakeOver 36, and we'll talk about it this weekend. Yeah, we'll agree. We'll both agree on that. Okay, so we are going to head over into the proper RPW retrospective because, David the Smart Mart, we have time trouble back to 2011, and it's the summer of punk. Tell us why you picked this. Well, I thought it was appropriate with what we were anticipating Friday night. And obviously Friday night did not disappoint at all. And so I, I wanted to actually um, compare entrances and pops and see how they, you know, see how they looked. Same arena, obviously different performer. But, you know, it, it, it was, I tell you what, I was slight. I don't know about you, and I'll be interested to hear your take when we get to the main event, because really this is about the main event, ladies and gentlemen. So please bear with us if we skip a little bit of the main card, although I have to say I'd forgotten quite how good this card was, Sean. You know, what were your thoughts over the overall card before we get into... Um... Okay, so David, after watching this card back, I would say this is a three-match show. You got the two Money in the Bank matches plus the main yeah. event. Everything else is filler, yeah. but from there you can, you're cool. Well, okay, I'll give you my thoughts. I mean, basically, it was the annual, it was the second one. Second installment of Money in the Bank. I didn't realise it, it was only the second. I thought it was longer. And 17th of July, 2011, at the All-State Arena in Chicago. And a build-up, I'm not there's so much subplot and afterplot of this. But the crux of it is, you were going into the main event, which was uh, Scene of the Holder versus Punk. And if Punk won the title, his contract was up, which it genuinely was. Um, and this is where we got some grey area that wrestling is brilliant at, that Punk was going to leave if he won without the title. So McMahon was actually trying to encourage Cena, which is something he didn't want to do. Laurinaitis was still a, a full, fully-fledged TV character, and Mr. McMahon was going to do everything to stop Punk from winning the title and sodding off and leaving the WWE. How ironic in the end when storyline becomes reality later on. Exactly, David. My thought was... Back in 2011, me and my brother went to WrestleMania in Atlanta, and the one match that I was kind of looking forward to seeing was a Money in the Bank ladder match. And the WrestleMania we went to was the very first one. They didn't have one because they saved it for this pay-per-view. Ah, right, okay, yeah. And obviously it's become an annual event, and to be fair, it's become a lot of people's favorite events with good reason. Okay, so what we'll do, we'll skip the dark match, but the opener is one of those matches that Sean 
was talking about, where you've got in in as follows, you've got the following competitors for the SmackDown Money in the Bank ladder match: Wade Barrett, Sheamus, Sin Cara, Kane, Justin Gabriel, which was um, uh, Daniel Bryan and someone whose name I can't quite. Mr. Heha Schmoods from Texas. Oh, I don't know who that is. Um, no, it's Cody Rhodes. Sorry, I'm trying to tease Sean unsuccessfully. And and this went 24 minutes and was rather damn good. David, that was very undashing of you. <laughs> yeah, very good, mate. Very good. The first thing we notice about this card is the fact that we have Jerry Lawler, Booker T, and the off-on hill michael cole and oh my god it was driving me crazy the on off hill michael cole see to be fair i didn't notice it because you got booker t and jerry lawler and as long as i can hear one of those i'm quite happy i would have been perfectly happy with jerry lawler and booker t calling this whole freaking card yeah 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 but you could say that in general couldn't you really um but hey you know we've got 24 minutes um, do you want to do you want to do some of the eliminations? Because I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not hugely. We got we got down. It was a good match, actually. To be fair, um, it's interesting afterwards that Meltzer and Wade Keller, uh, the two two prominent uh, prominent dirt sheets, both commented on that the spots were way too much and way too hard and way too heavy in both. Of the money in the back ladder, uh, money in the back ladder matches, which is an interesting change of character considering how Meltzer views AEW and 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 the Hardly Boys now. In um, sorry, I've, I've gone all cornet there, and the Young Bucks uh, in um, AEW. I think it's very interesting that he's had a, and that was one thing that struck me immediately. Hang on, you thought that was over the top, and yet you you know you're a huge advocate of AEW. Okay, so let me fly through this for you. Early on, Kane yeah, clears the ring. So Kane has this opening segment where he's just on fire. He's taking everybody out. It sets up this series of events where Kane goes for a ladder. Somebody stops him. Two more people try to get a ladder. They get stopped. So it was a kind of interesting spot there to start to show off with. And I got to comment that Sin Cara hits this Spanish fly on Daniel Bryan. And I'm like, oh my freaking word. A, I forgot Sin Cara was there at this time. And B, that move was freaking awesome. Yeah, um, it, it, this is the thing. You go back and watch Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon and WrestleMania 10, the original ladder match. They build it. This just went mad. You couldn't keep up with it, as Shawn says. Um, and to me, that's the only criticism I'd have. There was no... You can still build and plot and structure a ladder match. You know, I, I didn't really know where to look at some points. I don't know about you. Okay, so here's another spot for you. Um, Seamus gets hold of Sin Cara. Wade Barrett has built this like bridge with a ladder between the Spanish announce table and the ring. And Seamus powerbombs Sin Cara through it, breaks the ladder in half. This is how they write off Sin Cara for this match. So he's eliminated. So you go from <laughs> eight, you go down to seven. So Yeah, that was brutal. That was brutal. I mean, there's another brutal spot coming up here I'll talk about. But after that, yeah, Kane, goes, Kane goes back in there. He gets the ladder, starts climbing up. And hey, do you remember the core? The core joins forces to stop Kane. Then they try to stop some other people, and they end up with Wade Barrett climbing up, and Justin Gabriel and he sort of go, "Well, wait a minute, we're not in a fashion no more." So they pull Wade Barrett down. So that was kind of funny at the point. I did remember the core. Um, I this was I don't know who you thought. Although he wasn't the winner, 
I thought this was very, very much to get Wade Barrett over. And, and they pretty much did that. Okay, so another freaking awesome move from this match was a doomsday device that was performed by Kane and Sheamus. And the poor recipient of the doomsday, if I remember right, was Justin Gabriel. Justin Gabriel, yeah. Yeah, to be fair, you didn't see in this match, you, you didn't see a lot of Justin Gabriel offense in this match for me um and i i don't know where his career was at, at this point because obviously we go into these relatively blind um he was almost like that you know i mean what what he was doing in this match i really don't know jesse gabriel had one highlight in this match and it looked kind of scary at one point he gets on a ladder between the bridge between the two corners and does the 450 so cool move but i was like eh, not sure about doing it no, it's just commonplace in AEW now, that sort of thing. Um, but I don't know. Anyway, ultimately, it's, it's push, push, push. Wade Barrett. I, I can't believe it. Wade Barrett. And I actually thought I'd forgotten who win. I watched it clean. I didn't watch the, see the results, apart from, obviously, the main event. And I honestly thought, I'm, I'm sure Wade Barrett goes over here. I'm sure Wade Barrett goes over, but he doesn't, does he? No. Now, it's kind of funny for you to mention that. I thought undashing Cody Rhodes was was about to get the, the briefcase. I'm going like, wait a minute, is this the year Cody gets the briefcase? Oh, wait a minute. No, it's not. Okay. But hey, the other sick bump in this match is from Sheamus. Kane literally chokes him on a ladder that would not give. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. I felt it with my back. Yeah. Um, I mean, they are dangerous. They even know they, they, you know, the smoke and mirrors and they take precautions. They are really, really dangerous. But they... The end of the day, um, the, we we have one winner, and and it was the start of the. Was this quite the start of the yes movement? Yes, this was actually the beginning of the yes movement. As Daniel Bryan, your hero, kind of sort of undone my undashing Cody Rhodes and push him off and got the briefcase. So yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, great match, but brutal. Made me cringe, and it's not a lot. That makes me cringe, but that did. Next up, I don't think we need to talk much about this. Kelly Kelly, the champion for the Divas Championship, with Eve Torres, defeated Brie Bella with Nikki Bella. Um, really, the less said about that, the better. Unless there's something you want to add. All we'll add is, this is basically a buffer match between two matches, and I really felt sorry for Brie Bella, because I'm thinking... Brie could have had a better match with somebody else, and I know Kelly Kelly's like year five in her WWE run here in 2011, but she hasn't improved one bit from when we saw her in 2006. <laughs> I think it's fair to say, Kelly Kelly, lovely lady, awful wrestler. Um, then we had another fella, Mark Henry, defeated the big show in six minutes in a single match. Uh, a Battle of the Giants, I think it was built as such from what we gleaned from the show. Uh, it didn't leave a lot for me. Um, they both obviously realized they were destined in 10 years' time for AEW commentary. Well, I was thinking this was the start of Mark Henry's um, Hall of Pain because he literally hit two Royal's strongest slams, <laughs> then got a chair and slashed the leg of the big show. So I kind of forget this moment. I couldn't remember who was face a hill in this match until the very end when I saw what happened. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that, and with the fact that you had to think like that, you know, you shouldn't have to think like that when watching wrestling. So that sums it up. But fortunately, we then had we had three more matches, both of which, all of which would go some reasonable time. Although the next one you would have thought went longer because it was the Raw Money in the Bank ladder match for a WWE Championship contract, and we had the delights of in there in no particular order. 
Raymond Alfonso Mysterio, R Truth without the 24-7 title, The Miz, Kofi Kingston, Jack Swagger, Evan Bourne, oh, how AEW have made such progress, Alex Riley, and Alberto Del Rio, Sean. Now, who stood out for you in this? This plathing, plath, plath, I can't even say it now. This plethora of talent. Okay, so the first thing I noticed is the crowd is hot for The Miz. And I'm going like, yeah. It's Chicago. He's the second most over person besides CM Punk. Mate, I, I didn't, do you know what? I didn't even pick that up. I picked up on the fact that The Miz was over. Um, I just presumed it was like a character change because when he eventually won the title for the first time, you know, everyone everyone was desperate for him to win. He could have done what he liked. But, I, I, yeah, I didn't get this, but you've explained that. Well done. Okay, so you know how he's over is when Rey Mysterio climbs up this ladder and he gets Boo here for the very first time, kind of like he will do in future episodes of Retrospective if we ever get around to that Royal Rumble. Yeah, um, did, did you like this match? Just a general question. I found this match quite boring. Okay, the opening spot where everybody has a ladder and using a ladder as yep. a weapon, I was like, okay, good idea on paper, poor execution. Yeah, and logistically, there wasn't the room. Exactly. I mean, you know, they've got no, they've got no space to swing them, work them, even set up a spot if they've all got one. I think the ending to this match is probably the best part of the match because you see Alberto Del Rio climb up the ladder, and Rey Mysterio is kind of up after him, and he grabs the yep. mask of Rey, Rey Mysterio, pulls the mask off, so Rey is protecting his face, falls off the face ladder rather than. With- and yeah, yeah, that was quite... So with a Del Rio victory, we have him with the briefcase heading into the main event. Does he cash in? Does he not cash in? Stay tuned. Yeah, um, I love Del Rio. I've got to be honest. He's just, a, he's just a shame he's wasted his life and his talent with his personal demons, I think, Sean. It's the phrase that is commonly used. Personal demons. And he was certainly in that line, that... that Huge lineup of talent. Um, I would have expected him to come out on top, and so forth. So he did. Yeah, you're right about the Mysterio mask, but also the fact that Mysterio, like, basically gave up because his mask was off, also makes me question his heart and whether he really did want the title. But then I'm taking that too deep, probably. Next up, oh, what a match! And how ironic again with what was going on in current wrestling. Christian defeated. The um, world heavyweight champion at that time, Mr. RKO himself, Randy Orton, by disqualification in a 12-minute, four, five, six-star thriller. What did you think, Sean? David, okay, so going back to 2011 and me and my brother Justin being at WrestleMania in Atlanta, the very first match we saw was Edge versus Alberto de Rio for the world heavyweight title. And we all know the story, Edge re- has retarded next night. So Christian later on wins the title, and I'm a big Christian fan. So I'm like, yay. Yep. And he has it for like, on paper, five days. But we know really it was like two. And it yep. starts the questionable Christian Hill turn when everybody just wants to cheer him because his best friend just had to retire. And I cannot stand this segment of Christian's career because I'm like, he should have been a face in this whole run during the summer. Mate, do you know what? Right, I'll 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 sit back, 
I'll take ten minutes off, and I'll leave you to talk about this because you just you just nailed it. I can't add anything to that. Um, I think whether you're, you know, we all have wrestlers that mean a lot to us anyway. And if Christian's like that with you, I don't think you could have nailed it any better if you tried. You know, even for me, as just someone who likes Christian as a performer. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. I can see exactly where you're coming from. You nailed it. There's not much more to say, really. Okay, for this match, the two guys, Randy Orton and Christian, they did a good match. They dealt with the issue they had. And the stipulation here was, oh, hey, if Randy Orton gets disqualified, oh, hey, he loses the title. So you already know the outcome because you're going like, yeah, they're going to let Christian win by fluke here. And the fluke this time was... Christian lured Randy Orton into giving him a low blow. The referee saw it. So disqualification. And Christian is your hill champion. And the crowd does six there and goes, CM Punk. Huh? CM Punk. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, yeah, they were. Because by this stage, they were. You notice the crowd were getting more and more. As the card went on, the crowd are getting more. The, the, the chants became louder. The chants became more noticeable and yeah this wasn't a great match i was obviously being a wee bit sarcastic with it um it, you know randy orton's solid you know what you're going to get with randy orton you know what you're going to get with christian they work well together it was it's, it's not you've got a world title match as your toilet break match because of what was coming next exactly so we're up to the main event is cm punk versus the reigning champion at the moment John Cena, as he literally walks into a freaking lion's den. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does. It wasn't quite the. Um, I mean, one of the uh, one of the amusing Cena moments was where he uh, fought Rob Van Dam on the second. Well, I'm just going to digress here slightly. Was where he fought Rob Van Dam on the second ECW One Night Stand in the Hammersmith Ballroom or the Hammerstein Ballroom, sorry, in New York. And uh, Cena comes out and does his usual shtick. He's obviously he knows he's going to get booed out of the building. He knows he's going to get an inordinate amount of grief. And in staying in his character, he throws his shirt into the crowd. Everyone wipes their ass on it and throws it back at him, which was impromptu. And to be fair, that night on that particular moment, I got a newfound respect for Cena because he had lived with the audience for about two or three minutes before Rob Van Dam came out to his triumphant. Uh, his triumphant moment um, and I a newfound re- respect for Cena on that night didn't use it this night but obviously he played to it because there's only one person at that club in Chicago was here to see that night exactly and he was the very first person to come out to this match and it's CM Punk and the crowd is blowing their minds because their leader is walking down to the ring and they want one thing only and that's John Cena's blood yeah, absolutely, 100%. Now, here's the big question. I posed it, I mentioned it a couple of times to you, my stunning friend. Which entrance, irrelevant of the promos, speaking and what have you, which entrance was better? Was it louder? Was more pro-punk? Friday night or 2011? I want to say Friday night. I just feel like Friday night, they were louder. And I literally watched the main event of this show we're reviewing this morning, and I feel like I'm right. It was this past Friday. They were hotter this past Friday. I would agree, but only just. I think you are right. I think it's slightly hotter. Rampage, the, the announcement. They knew it was coming. They knew he was coming. They were prepared. Everything was, yeah. But this is still pretty damn good. Now, my favorite 
spot at the start here is seem to get into the ring. He doesn't do his normal slide into the ring and, yo, hey, look at me, yay, it's John Cena. He just quietly lifts the belt up, head down, because he knows he's in enemy territory. He takes his shirt off and tosses the shirt to the one John Cena fan ringside in a John Cena shirt. Because I literally thought he, yep. that shirt was going to get tossed back out. Yeah, I like, I like, that's, yeah, that's, that's the reason I mentioned it, my friend. Um, because, yeah, he was very, very, you bang on, he was very, very careful in what he did and how he did it. And, yeah, it made me chuckle, to be fair. Now, this match did show one thing. The fans were saying John Cena couldn't wrestle. That's further from the truth. John Cena can freaking wrestle. If you give him the right person with him, yeah, he can wrestle. Yeah, I, right, okay. There are two. Normally, there are two far. You got your right wing and left wing. You got your right wing, and he can do everything. He's just fucking brilliant. He's just excuse me, swear jar, and he can do everything. This, that, and the other. And then you've got your oh no, he's just left wing. He's just punch, kick, offense. He's a Hulk Hogan for our generation. What have you? I think the truth is somewhere in the two stools. He's got to be in John Cena because of the. Hulk Hogan analogy for me. He is a modern day Hulk Hogan. He's not a worker like Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, even Taker. So at nowhere near Punk's level, but he is a hard worker. And when he's in with someone like Punk, if he if he ever got to wrestle Bret Hart, if he got you know, when he's in with a good wrestling technician, they bring better matches out of him. And this is a good match. There's no two ways about it. Irrelevant of the result, which everyone wants, this is a good match. It's 33 minutes, shenanigans at the end, but you were expecting that due to the nature of the storyline. You knew Vince, Laurinaitis, etc. were going to make an, an, a, an appearance, and they did. They didn't disappoint. But ultimately, due to the way they used Cena's character, this didn't disappoint. Exactly, David. Now, my favourite move that CM Punk did in this match was John Cena was going to go for the you can't see me and he literally puts him in the eye and I'm going like finally somebody just stops that in the tracks yeah. I'm like yes but that was probably Punk's idea Punk's a very very clever performer you know and this is this is why the AEW hopes are high the match the match itself there wasn't too too many memorable bits the, the one I liked was when um, they gave Cena a couple of good kickouts, in particular from one GTS, but they also raised quite a clever move where the GTS knocks Cena out of the ring while Vince and, uh, Vince and Laurinaitis are there, and Cena makes it very clear that he's going to live and die on his own means because they were looking for disqualification they were looking to, and Cena's like no, I'm an honourable man, if I lose I lose, if I win, I win and I'll, I'll win in the middle of the ring um, and, and whilst it's cheesy and with them being ha however much at stake, I thought it was very cleverly done. I agree with you, David. The ending was cleverly done. Now, there's a spot where, if I remember right, they countered a go-to-sleep into a FTS. They figured out how to yep. do that, and I was like, wow, that's great. Now, granted, I'm not the biggest fan of John Cena's version of the FTS. I'm not going to harp yep. on that, okay? But it was a lovely transition, and then they had some few transitions in this match where I'm going like, this is kind of freaking awesome. Yeah, agreed, mate. Um, as I say, Cena, Cena and Punk, you know, really, really didn't do badly with each other. They brought out a lot of good stuff with each other. And at the end, as I say, 33 minutes, you know, it shows they can go. It shows the cardio's good, and it was, let's face it. Did you pop? Be honest, did you pop when you first saw it? Very first time. Okay, so going back to 2011, I did pop, Now I was thinking, ooh, this is going to be kind of cool because... 
Being fucked this type of contract. He's leaving with the title. What are they going to do? And the next night, we find out they fired John Cena. So you lose the title and Cena inside of 24 hours. And great, later on in retrospective, we'll look back at the Raw after this. And we'll find out what happens. And it's not as good as it could have been. But for the, this moment in time, yes, I did pop. Yeah. I mean, I did. I remember watching it because I genuinely didn't think Punk was going to go over. I genuinely, I thought, I thought it wouldn't surprise me with them that the WWE would just, you know, let Cena keep it and decide whatever they're going to do with Punk is whatever they're going to do with Punk. Um, and bear in mind, Punk didn't have many options outside of the WWE at that point, only really TNA. Um, so I genuinely popped. I thought it was absolutely brilliant, Andy. Um, yeah, um, it was just, I don't know. I think he lost impetus, though very quickly after it exactly i do believe the follow-up from this angle is gonna cause everything to fall apart for a second and they had a reset but it's for a later retrospective yeah yeah um so obviously yeah we 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 have have the win punk wins everyone goes man literally is crying um he's a genius to be fair at that sort of thing he's crying and punk the, the sort of final image you've got is a punk blowing him kisses, which I thought was quite a nice touch. Exactly. Before that, you see McMahon get on the mic and going like, I need Alvaro Del Rio. I need Alvaro Del Rio. And he comes running down to ringside, gets into the ring, and see him punk's like, oh, heck no, one kick. And he just smiles at Vince like, okay, what's your next move? Yep, yeah, very well done. Very cleverly done. Liked it. Um, obviously... You mentioned Raw for another retrospective on another day. Yeah, the follow-up, we could almost talk SummerSlam, that, which we're going to this weekend, and follow it up with a disappointing show. But, you know, hey, the WWE have history, and they proved it once again this weekend. But I was still happy there. I think the two shows, the two matches, or the two entrances of CM Punk are remarkably similar, which is why I picked it. I, I shot my guns that I thought what we got on Friday night would be similar to what we got in 2011 and if, if anything as we both agreed it was slightly better and i loved it absolutely loved it and I, I actually am quite glad for once normally you are the better picker on this show i don't think i've done badly here but i'll be intrigued to get your thoughts overall i think this was an excellent choice to look back especially with this past weekend's events i'll give you full credit on here a stunning a plus Oh wow! Well, I, I, I can go. I can go to bed ha a happy bear now tonight. Okay, so I'm thinking of a couple events to watch for next week's retrospective. So I'm gonna keep you in stunning suspense until this weekend wow. on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Yeah, we we play catch up. No dodgy mics. No drunk co-hosts. We actually get you know. Um, however, one thing we have to take into consideration. The, the stunning one on myself when we record the your weekend's sheer package of entertainment. It's the mighty Peterborough United alive on English telly again against uh, one of last year's premiership teams who got relegated live from the home of football in England, London Road. Um, so hopefully the recording will take place in and around that and I'll be a happy bear and not a grumpy bear. Okay, so you get me thinking, are they playing that Tony Khan team? No, 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 no. They, they're not playing. I can assure you when they're playing Tony Khan, um, there'll be no liking of AEW that week. No, West Bromwich Albion are at London, at London Road on Saturday night, and for, it, it's been picked up for, for national broadcasting across the UK. Well, I can't wait to see that match this coming up weekend. 
and we may start the show with a little football talk because we do that sometimes. But until then, David, tell the lovely people have a great rest of their week. Yeah, guys, um, thank you for bearing with us after Saturday. It wasn't Sean's fault. I'm going to take full credit. It was either my phone or my um, my drunken nature. So if you've waited for the main show, I'm really, really sorry. We'll be back online this weekend. Rock and Roll Wrestling Show, repeat at 5 o'clock Saturday, GMT, uh, Fenland Youth Radio, and 1 a.m. Sunday morning, pay-per-view time. It's a good show, really good show this week. Sean's Sean's really good. I try and keep pace with him, which is, you know, never easy. Um, have a great week. We'll see you over the weekend, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, until we see you this weekend, stay stunning, rest up, because the coronation of the American stunning Churchill Cup champion happens this weekend on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Have a great week, David. Honestly, uh, right, that's it. Gloves are off. You wait till the weekend. I've been beaten fair and square by a better man this month. You, you, oh, Sean. That American, you, ah, the American blackguard. Oh, sorry, have we finished? Uh, Bye, everyone. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time. The liberation continues.